0: Genesis chapter 18, let's go ahead and stand. Genesis chapter 18, verse 19. And um, Genesis chapter 18, verse 19. And let's look at this. It says in verse number 19, it says, For I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him, and and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment, and the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he hath spoken of him is God talking to Abraham. Now, what would really be good if this was a verse that Lot has chosen? But he didn't choose this. Here in the midst of the story of of Lot, he's basically saying, as for me and my house, God knows that he's going to serve the Lord. And so I want you to look at some things this morning, and we're going to look at the leadership that Abraham, and we talked a little bit about this last week, the leadership he had for Lot. Here in in this verse, this is exactly how God defines him. How does God define me? How does God define you? Well, the first thing we need to understand is is there's a leader somewhere. You're a leader to somebody. You remember when you were in junior high and you you saw the high schoolers and you wished, man, I can't wait to get there. Can I tell you, when you were in junior high and you were wanting to get in high school, there were elementary kids that wanted to be where you were. Although we are followers, we are also leaders, and we are always like that. The definition of the word leader is this, a guiding or directing head as of an, any, as of an army, a business, a movement, or a political group. Don't you wish we had more leaders in this country, amen? Good leaders. Amen. And so here we have a leader. And we're going to talk about Abraham, and we're going to look at his leadership qualities, and we're going to look pretty quick through these. Um, if you look at the first point I want to give you, it's this, you have to lead when those following are at fault. You always loved that, didn't you? I remember when your kids were at fault and you had to correct them? Um, that's not always an easy thing. Now if you're a boss, there's people that are going to be below you and they're going to do some things wrong. And you're going to do things wrong to them also. But you, if you're a leader, you have to lead when those following are at fault. And we're going to look at a story when it comes to Abraham. I don't know if you can read that, that's pretty bright. Abraham was a leader, but he also was a servant. You know you're a good leader when you're a servant also. You don't have to be mean-spirited everybody to be a leader. I've worked with people that that are micromanagers. How do you like to work with people that are micromanagers? They give you a job and then they always check up on everything that you're doing. Well, Abraham and Lot, they had a unique um, relationship. And I want you to see where it shows that he was a servant. Let's go to verse number one in chapter 18. And here here comes along, God appears to Abraham. And it says, And the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Mamre, and he sat in in the tent door. And it says, In the heat of the day, and he lifted up his eyes and looked, and lo, three men stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them for the tent door and bowed himself toward the ground. This was not a normal occurrence what Abraham would do. But he knew who these guys were. And it says in verse number three, and said, my Lord, if now I have found favor in thy sight, pass not away, I pray thee, from what? Thy servant. He's telling him, listen, I am going to be a servant. Abraham was a leader, but he was also a servant. And when you're a responsible servant, guess what? There are some things you have to deal with. And I want to I go through this story, and I want you to see this. Here he says he's a servant. Later on, he would say he's another word servant in verse number five. But when you are a responsible servant, can I tell you something? If you're serving our master, our savior, guess what? The first point is this. You are always taken care of by your master. Here she talked about a selling of a house and they wanted to do it soon and how that would have changed. The master knew what was going on. You are always taken care of by the master. Aren't you thankful for that? How many men in here are good patients when you're sick? If you don't know you are, ask your wife. She'll tell you if you're a good patient. Sometimes I'm a good patient. Other times I'm not. You know, I I don't like, I I was telling somebody this morning, I always get the flu or a cold in the summer. I'd rather get it when it's cold because it matches with the temperature outside. I always get a cold when it's hot. And and it's just miserable. You can't breathe. and And then you go outside, it's real hot. You can't stand it. And so, when I look at this, you are taken care of by your master. Let's look at these verses in Genesis chapter 18. Go to verse number 11, and you'll see the story. Now, these guys are going to, and the Lord's going to tell Abram that he's going to have a child. Now, watch what it says in this. He's taken care of him. Verse number 11 says, Now Abram and Sarah were old and well stricken in age, and it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. It says, Therefore Sarah laughed when her, within herself, saying, After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord, being old also? And the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh, laugh, saying, Shall I of a surety bear a child, which am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? And that's a question stated. And what is that? There's nothing too hard for the Lord. He can do anything. If He created the world, He can do anything. And then it, it says, at the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. And read the next verse. It says, then Sarah denied, saying, I laughed not, for she was afraid, and he said, nay, but thou didst laugh. He did hear her laugh. But through the whole process of this, he had already promised Abraham that he was going to be blessed, and his seed was going to be blessed. He was going to be a nation, and he had not had a child, and we all know the story of what he does. But literally, He tells them, Sarah is going to have this child. And God took care of her through that. I can't imagine having a great grandmother and God telling them, you're going to have a child. I just can't comprehend that. But you know what? God can do things the way He wants at the timing He wants. And we've got to realize in the whole thing of this, the master is going to take care of the good servant. And here it is, Abraham was blessed, and, and God takes care of him. Not only this, you are taken care of by your master, but the second one, you are known by your master. If you are a good servant, you're known by your master. What does that mean? The master knows who you are and knows everything about you. Good, bad, or indifferent, he knows things about you. Your wife and your spouse, your wife or your husband, they know everything about you. Go to these verses and we'll see this story come out a little bit of Abraham. It says in Genesis chapter 18, verses 16 through 19. Now, he he starts talking to to Abram. It says, And the men rose up from thence and looked towards Sodom, and Abraham went with him to bring them on the way. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? He's about ready to annihilate Sodom and Gomorrah, and he says, Should I not tell him this is a servant to me I am his master, he is my servant, I'm going to tell him. It says, seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. And there's a question mark. Now watch this in verse number 19. For I know him. Isn't it great that your master knows you? Does God know your best attribute? Yes or no? Yes. Does God know your worst attribute? Yes. And see, he still used Abraham. We talked about this. There's two times that Abraham basically lied. He said, Sarah, tell him you're my wife, you're you're my my sister, so you won't be killed and I won't be killed. He in turn, what else does he do? He brings in a lady. After these guys have told him that Sarah's gonna have a baby, he brings in a lady and he and he has a child with her. He was not a perfect man, but I will tell you this his master knew him. And and, And your master knows you. My master knows me. And that's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. And so in, as you read in, X, in Genesis chapter 18, verse 16, it says this. It says, the men rose up and, and goes to 19. It says, for I know him that he will command his children and his household after him. Now what does the master know about him in this situation? He knows he's a good dad. And this does not mean he rules with a, with a... A, a, a strong firm hand he's not even had children yet look what this verse says it says in this verse it says he will command his children and his household after him he's not had his son yet but God knew Mark before he got into this that he, what kind of person he was going to be God knows what you're going to do God knew when that house needed to sell God knew when everything needs to happen and God never looks down and goes how in the world did that take place? God's not a God of oops. He's a God of, He he knows exactly what He's doing. He knows what He's doing. He's the best thing in your life. He's your master and you can trust Him. Let me tell you that, you can trust Him. When, when, When you're going, as the song says, when you're going through a storm and the fiery darts are flying around you, you can still trust in your master. And that's something great to have because there's a lot of people out there that don't have anything to trust in. When I talk to my son-in-law about, he's a police officer, just Christmas time is terrible when you're a police officer. You're dealing with things because people don't look at Christmas like we look at Christmas. We look at it as the birth, birth of our Savior, and we have that, that salvation in us. We have the Holy Spirit dwell in us. We're going the right direction, and, we, and we've got all these things, and the Master's watching over us. He knows us, but you know what? There's a lot of people that don't have any hope. And we've got to realize that, that we should be thankful for what we have. He said he know, knew what he was going to do. Now keep reading. It says... And they shall keep the way of the Lord. Not only was he going to raise his children right, he was going to keep the way of the Lord. What does that mean? He's going to do what the Bible says. There's nothing wrong with doing what the Bible says. You say, well, it's hard. Absolutely it's hard. Anything that's easy is not well having. But if it's hard to do and you get through it and you struggle through it and you have these issues and you have to get through them because you know what? Our flesh likes our flesh. And so we do things wrong, and we have to repent, we have to turn back, we have to go back. That's why the Bible says what? A just man, what, falleth one time? No, he falleth seven times and picks himself up. And it's interesting that they use the word just. It means he's a good man. Sometimes we make mistakes, and he says, listen, he's going to do these, he's going he's to keep the way of the Lord. That's why he was always building these altars wherever he was going. You could almost sense when you're walking through a, a land when Abram was there, oh, Abram was here, there's another altar. Everywhere he goes, he builds an altar. Because he wanted to worship his, his, his God. He wanted people to see who he was worshiping. And here God's relating to everything about him. He knows about him. He says this, he says, and says, to do justice and judgment. Very important that you see that word in judgment because we're about ready to see Abraham's judgment on this next, next few, this next point. He says he's going to do justice in judgment. It says that the Lord may bring upon Abram that which he has spoken of him. So number one is you are taken care of by your master. Number two, you are known by your master. And the third one is this. You are able to talk to your master. You know, we sing that song, He walks with us and He talks with us along our pathway. That's a great thing to think about. That He talks to us. He didn't talk to me in an audible voice, but there's times when I know, man, He is telling me to do something. That Holy Spirit's convicting me, do this, do that. I'm going to brag on my wife and Cracker Barrel for just a second. When we were traveling back to um, Indiana, we stopped at a Cracker Barrel. And... um, Something that I'd never seen in Cracker Barrel before. I walked by, and what is Cracker Barrel? Cracker Barrel smells like what when you walk into it? Wood burning, amen. You know that what I'm talking about? It was a cold day that day, and and we had walked through, and all of a sudden, um, I I walked by the, the fireplace, and there's a man sitting there. And he's got a backpack on. And Russ, you could look at him and see that he didn't have any place to live. And so he was just sitting there and he was sitting in front of this billowing fire. And we sat down and and when I sat, I could see him out of the corner of my eye. And so I went and and we were talking to the waitress and finally I said this, I said, can I ask you a question, ma'am? I said, does that man have anything to eat? And she says, oh yes. This is what I learned from Cracker Barrel. She says, we feed him every day. He comes in and he eats he wasn't making any noise. He was, he was just sitting there. You could see he, he, was, he was dirty and he, and he had his backpack. He had all the necessities of his life in that bag. And I just thought to myself, here's Cracker Barrel doing what Christians should do. She said, we feed him every day. And I, I wanted to ask him, what do you feed him? You know, What do you give him? And, 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 and he was just sitting there. And so we got done eating and and, and, and I said, well, I'm gonna go pay the bill. You stay here, I'll go pay the bill. And there was a long line and I finally got the bill paid and I went back to find Ann. I couldn't find her. And lo and behold, she's talking to that man. And I had thought about talking to him and she's probably not liking me telling the story, but she, she, was, she handed him a track and started talking to him. Can I tell you, sometimes we look and we think, how is God gonna do something in my life? But you know what? All the time, God walks and talks with us. Here was a a man that Cracker Barrel fed every day and here's a man that my wife went up and talked to and I was ready to give him a track. But can I tell you something? God does wonderful things in our life. Look at this. We are able to talk to your master. And remember this. Satan wants to destroy you. And he's willing to talk to you also. Very dangerous situation when you're talking to the wrong master. Now let's look at this story in the Bible. Go to Genesis chapter 18 and you'll, you'll see verses 20 through 23. Here they're, they're tell- in verses 20 through 23, he um, starts talking in verse number 20 and he says he's going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And I love this, that Abraham is so close to God that he can talk to him and he starts, he starts asking him a question. He says, listen, you're going to destroy this. What if there's 50 men there? Go to, go to verse number, um, I think it's found in verse number 24. Pre- let's go to verse 23. And Abraham drew near and said, Wilt thou, Abraham drew near and said, Wilt thou also destroy the righteous from the wicked? Pre-adventure there be 50 righteous within the city. Wilt thou also destroy and not spare the place for the 50 righteous that are there He's saying, listen, you're going to destroy this. What if there's 50 people in there that are righteous? Can I tell you, it's very important with this, you are able to talk to your master. Here he says, listen, if there's 50 people, are you going to destroy it? Then God says, no, I won't, I won't destroy it if there's 50. But then he, he starts bartering with him. Jump down to verse number 28. Pre-adventure there shall lack five of the 50 righteous. Wilt thou destroy all the city that lack for five? He also says, what, what if there's five less? And God says, okay, if there's 45, I won't destroy it. Go to verse number 29. He says, what if there's 40? He's keeping working, working it down. He says, what if there's 40? As I say this to you, remember this, if you're not close to your master, you can't talk to him. You can't do what Abraham did. When I ask God for something, I better be close to him. I've got to understand that he will take care of me. I am known by what I do, and he will listen, and he will speak to me. He gets it down to 40. In verse number 30, he gets it down to 30. In verse number 31, he gets it down to 20. And finally, his last saying, and as as you read it, I I love it. Let's just read this. He says in verse number 31, he said, Behold, now I have taken upon me to speak unto the Lord. Pre-adventure there shall be 20 found there. He said, I will not destroy it for thy name's sake. Now watch what he says here. He says, and he said, oh, let not the Lord be angry. He says, and I will speak yet, but but this once. Pre-adventure 10 shall be found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for 10's sake. So he went all the way from 50 to 45 to 40 to 30 to 20 to 10. We can talk to the master because the master loves us. Just to show you a little bit about this, Genesis 18, 24 deals with 50. And we're going to work all the way through 45, 40, 30, 20. And now he's down to 10. And then my, how many of you like math in here? How many of you are math people in here? Raise your hand. How many of you are English people? Raise your hand. All right, I like math, okay? So I'm putting myself in Abraham's thought process. And let's do Abraham's math math in this. I want to look at two verses real quick. Go to Genesis 19. You have to flip over to the next chapter. But Genesis 19 and verse number 12. It says, And the men said unto Lot, Hast thou here any besides? Son-in-law, and thy sons, and the daughters, and whatsoever thou hast in the city, bring them out of this place. Jump down to verse 14. And Lot went out and spake unto his sons-in-law, which married his daughters, and said, Up, get ye out of this place. Let's look at his math. He gets them down from 50 to 10, and Abraham in his mind knows how many kids Lot has. And so, it says in verse number 14 that he has sons-in-law. Well, to have two sons-in-law, you have to have two daughters with them. That's four. It also says that he had sons. He had two more sons. That's two. He had daughters. The minimum he had was two. We know about those two because they escaped with him. And who else did he have? He had his wife. So you add all these together in Lot's mathematical equation, guess what? The grand total is what? ten. All he had to do was save his own family. Did you notice the question that he says in this when the, when, the, when the angels are talking to him? Go back to verse number 12. It says in verse number 12, And the men said unto Lot, Hast thou here any besides? And then there's a question mark. What's that question mark mean? He says you've got all these things, but this guy, the, 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 the angel is talking to him. He knows what his family's like. He knows he's not going to be able to get out with his family. And he says, listen, do you know of anybody else that's righteous here? Did God know who was righteous there? Absolutely He did. Absolutely He did. Amen. He knew who was righteous. And, and here's this leader, Abraham has got it down from 50, 50 to 10. And all he's got to do is save Lot's immediate family and everything's okay. But was it destroyed? It was. Amen. So as a leader... You're gonna to have to lead when those following are at fault. And number two, you're gonna to have to lead when those following are lost. If you've ever been in a leadership position, sometimes leaders know more than other other people do. Sometimes you have to direct them and not tell them what you know. And sometimes the people are just totally lost. Because this is not the second time, this is not the first time he's intervened for Lot. Let's go to another chapter and let's look at this. Genesis chapter 14. Here's the other time that Abram goes after Lot. In, A, in Genesis chapter 14, and we're just going to read about four verses. I want you to see this. In verse number 12, it says, and these, are the, these battles of the kings is this whole um, aspect of this, this chapter. And they're battling with each other and battling with each other. And then look at verse number, four, verse number 12. It says in verse number 12, it says, and they took who? Lot. And they took Lot, and they not only took Lot, Abram's brother's son, who dwelt in Sodom, and his goods and departed. And I think it's very interesting that God let one person escape. Because look at the next verse. It says, There came out, there came one that had escaped and told Abram the Hebrew, for he dwelt in the plain of Mamre, the Amorite, brother of Ischol, the the brother of Anar, and these were confederate with Abram. So here he says, listen, they've got him. And how this chapter could have changed is Abraham could have said, oh, he's on his own. But when you're a leader, you have to lead when those, are, fol- when those are following are lost. He is gone. He, they can't find him. They don't know where he's at. So you know what Abram does? He doesn't even have his own army, but he makes one. Look at the next verse. It says in verse number 14, And when Abram heard that his brother was taken captive... He armed his trained servants, born in his own house, three hundred and eighteen, and pursued them into the Dan. He gets three hundred eighteen. This shows you how great Abram was. Abraham was at this point. He has three hundred eighteen servants that he's trained, and now they're army. They're an army, and he's going after a much larger army. But yet, he is going to win because you know why? God is on Abraham's side. And it's wonderful to have God on your side. Now keep reading, and it says this. It says in verse number 15, And he divided himself against them, he and his servants, by night, and smote them, and pursued them into Hobah, which is on the left hand of Damascus. And he brought back all the goods, and also brought again his brother Lot, and his goods, and the women also, and the people. Sometimes when you're a leader, and there's always people that are following you. You have to follow when others are at fault. And you don't have to tell them what they're doing wrong. You still have to be a leader. Sometimes you have to be a leader when the following are lost. They don't know what they're doing. We went to an escape room yesterday. There's was nine in one room and nine in another. They came up with the names. Mine was Pastor Wagner's team. Okay, I didn't come up with that name. We had to come up with that name because Daniel um, Bishop... Beat my team, and his, his came out first, and his team's name was We Beat Pastor Wagner's team. <laughs> Sometimes when I go through these, these escape rooms, I don't understand them all. We got to the last part, and I'm going to pick on Russ for a second. Me and Russ are both colorblind to some extent. And the last d- d- detail for us to get out was all based on color. Follow this little red string, this green string, this blue string, this yellow string. And I could have got up there and said, listen, this is my team. We're going to do it my way. I had no idea what colors those things were. So I looked at Russ, and he was doing the smart thing. He was just leaning against that back wall, just kind of looking at these people. So I thought, I want to be like Russ. I'm going to go back there and just lean there too. You know, there's times when you're totally lost. I could not have helped our team out one second, that last, last part of that. And I, I looked at the clock, and we had eight minutes left. I thought, there's no way we're going to get out of here. Just, we're going to be stuck in here and, and they're going to have church service tomorrow and nine of us are going to be in this building. <laughs> Lo and behold, we finally get out and there's the other team. They've already taken pictures and sent it to me while I'm inside the room. Where are you? Where are you? Sometimes you get lost. Sometimes we're at fault. But leadership still has to lead. And if you think about this as Christ being our leader... Do you not think sometimes we're at fault, sometimes we're lost, and God still has to lead us, despite our faults? The last statement I I want to make to you, leadership and servanthood are very difficult, but with God's help, they are needed and fulfilling in the end results. They're something we need, and they're fulfilling. When Abraham brought Lot back, do you not think he thought, wow, I finally got this handled. He's going to be okay. He was lost and he's, he's found. Everything's going to be okay. And then he goes and he lives with, in Sodom and Gomorrah. He ends up taking all of his daughters that are married. His son-in-laws all die. His sons die. His wife is turned to a pillar of salt. And he walks away with the two daughters that he was going to sacrifice with what he was going to do. He wasn't a very good leader. But all he had to do was look at Uncle Abraham and a good leader there. He's the one that built the altar. Lot was always the one that followed in his footsteps and ran off Abraham's spirituality. You can't run off somebody else's spirituality, you can only run on yours. We've got to be leaders.